James Clear says, it's hard to change your habits if you never change the underlying beliefs that led to your past behavior. You have a new goal and a new plan, but you haven't changed who you are, end quote. What's the story you tell yourself? What's the identity you've created for yourself, whether that's consciously or unconsciously? Take a look at your actions and go beneath their surface to see what core beliefs you hold. If you don't like what you see, then start to focus on who you do want to become. Allow your actions to align with that new vision. Many people want to navigate life with peace and joy, but struggle to connect to their intuition. They find themselves overwhelmed, burned out, and frustrated. My name is Francesca Phillips, and I'm obsessed with spirituality and psychology and how the two can intersect to help you live a successful and intuitive life. I believe each of us can accomplish amazing things through balance and healthy habits instead of burnout. Consider this your go-to resource for where spiritual wellness and mindful productivity meets practical wisdom. If you're craving positivity and want to know how to find the answers within, instead of searching endlessly without, then you're in the right place. Get ready to feel supported and inspired. This is the Good Space Podcast. You're listening to the Good Space Podcast, episode number 11, How to Develop Good Habits That Last. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, One Kiss Away, and they say, Francesca is such a likable podcast host. I love how simply she breaks down each big psychological and spiritual concept into easily digestible and applicable facts and actions. This podcast series is full of amazing ways to positively change anyone's life. Thank you so much, One Kiss Away, for your sweet words and warm feedback. I really appreciate you taking the time to share. If you want to be highlighted in an upcoming episode and help further the mission of The Good Space, make sure to subscribe and give us a review on Apple Podcasts so I can then highlight your review in an upcoming episode. It only takes a minute. You can pause the episode and come right back. Make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag us on your Instagram story at findyourgoodspace, hashtag the good space to let me know that you're joining in today as you know that I love to share those screenshots on our stories too. All right, let's begin. Almost everyone wants to develop better habits, yet most people don't do what it takes to make those habits a reality. Many of us struggle with motivation, self-discipline, or a real direction in life. We may have a desire to achieve our goals, but we get distracted and find it difficult to let go of procrastination. Many years ago, you couldn't get me out of bed before 9 a.m. I felt aimless. That is, until I started changing my habits. It didn't happen overnight, but the change happened with consistent daily action. Then those actions compounded into bigger change. Habits define us as a person and where we're going in our future. Their small actions are minds default to when faced with various situations. Maybe you find yourself with a lack of motivation, self-discipline, or real direction. Or you may know what you want to do, but are having trouble fully committing to it. Your current habits are most likely to blame. I'm hoping a mixture of sharing what's worked for me and what experts say will help you shift your own life, even if just a little. Benjamin Hardy says your input creates your outlook. And I say your outlook influences your behaviors. Those behaviors create the very life you have right now. My goal is to simplify habits once and for all, or at least update the approach to them. Most articles I've found on habits stay on the surface. They suggest things like waking up early or making a list. True habit change, however, happens on a much deeper level and takes a lot more work. 
but this way is more rewarding and longer lasting. Okay, let's talk about how habits work. There are two main reasons the brain develops habits that I'll break down. It's good to know some of the mechanics behind a habit, so when we dive into the tangible actions you can take to create your own, you'll have a deeper understanding. And if you're a questioner like me, you'll feel more committed only when you know the why behind doing something. There are two main reasons why the brain creates habits to begin with. One is habits are efficient. For every situation or emotion we encounter, the brain craves efficient responses. It wants to be able to predict the reaction we need to have at all times. For example, when you see a stove turned on, that becomes a cue that tells your brain, we'll get burned if we touch that. And so without question, you don't touch it. Your brain has this reaction on speed dial based on past experience. Habits serve a functional purpose in the brain. Our brain obsesses with optimizing and using as little energy as possible for every task we do. In an article by Niklas Gucki, he mentioned an interesting study from Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habits, one where, and I quote, rats were in a maze as they searched for a piece of chocolate. If the path remained the same for a week, their brains would show minimal activity while running towards the chocolate. Mental effort spiked only at the beginning and end of the loop, which indicated a learning experience and reinforced behavior, end quote. AKA, when a behavior is new, the brain exerts extra energy. When a behavior is familiar and learned, the brain uses hardly any energy, which can be a wonderful thing. It's when we choose a bad habit as our go-to reaction to certain emotions or situations that we get in trouble. Feeling anxiety? Some people reach for junk food. Others, they can go for a run. Feeling unloved? Some people scroll Instagram for an hour. Others play with their dog outside. Either way, each of us has a habit we wish weren't connected to a certain emotional or situational trigger. The good news is we can unlearn old habits and replace them with better ones. It's a matter of associating the same cue, emotional or situational trigger, to a new and better reward. So the second big reason that the brain likes habits is your brain wants constant reward. James Clear said the process of building a habit can be divided into four simple steps, cue, craving, response, and reward. We form these habit loops where certain cues will trigger a craving. Then that craving inspires us to respond to ultimately give us the reward. Then the whole cycle starts again. Our brains are constantly scanning the environment for ways to get rewards. The beauty is we can create our own cues and get the rewards we want. It requires a lot of conscious awareness, but I promise you can do it and that it's worth it. If you want to dive deeper into cue, craving, response, reward, then read Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's a really good book. Our purpose today, though, is to talk about the underlying ways to actually make your habits last. The first thing I want to talk about is make it about your identity. Thank goodness for science. There are many studies that reveal how much humans have a need to act congruent to their internalized identities. Ryan Holiday says, it is essential to my understanding of the kind of person I am that I am punctual. I also have decided that I am the kind of person who does not miss deadlines. That I see myself as a writer is also valuable because if I'm not writing, I'm not earning that image, end quote. Holiday holds a certain identity for himself, and it compels him to behave in ways that earn the image. 
Most of us won't consider something as part of our identity unless we're earning that image. So I'm less likely to call myself a writer if I'm not writing often. You're less likely to wake up early if you don't have a certain identity that calls for it. In Atomic Habits, Clear has an image of three circles within one another, kind of like the Target logo that shows how identity goes much deeper than setting a goal or an outcome. On the outermost circle is where your outcomes happen. The middle circle is where your processes happen, and the innermost circle is your identity. If you want to see a visual of this, it's in the show notes. Changing our outcomes, the outermost ring concerns the results you want, like losing weight, publishing a book, or starting a business. Most of the goals you set are associated with this level of change. That's what James Clear said. Changing your process concerns changing your habits and systems, like decluttering your desk for better workflow or developing a meditation practice. Most of the habits you build are associated with this level. The deepest layer, the center circle, is changing your identity. At this level, you're, as James Clear says, concerned with changing your beliefs, like your worldview, your self-image, your judgments about yourself and others, most of the beliefs, assumptions, and biases you hold are associated with this level. This is like Simon Sinek's golden circle model, which caters more towards businesses, but still has the same idea. He became famous for a similar diagram and TED talk about how companies who start at the core of why they're doing something makes the success of the outer circles more likely. So in his model, why is the center the innermost circle, and then it goes out from there, kind of similar to this one I'm talking about. So most people, they focus on what they want to achieve, which leads to outcome-based habits. So they merely stay on the outermost part of the circle, so their habits only scratch the surface. And then when we focus on who we want to become, that's when we create identity-based habits. Let's go with an example. Think of the difference between two people who are offered a cigarette and refuse it. One says, no thanks, I'm trying to quit. While the other says, no thanks, I'm not a smoker. The first person still identifies as a smoker because they're saying, I'm trying to quit. So they're more likely to succumb because humans don't like to act incongruently to who they believe they are. Whereas the person who said they weren't a smoker will most likely never touch a cigarette to do so would be incongruent to their identity. Remember, they said, I'm not a smoker. They no longer identify with that thing. This reminded me of a short story about a grown elephant who was tied to a post with a tiny string, yet didn't try to break free. My first reaction was, what the heck? An elephant's huge. Why would it not just break the little tiny rope that's being held on its ankle to the post? It could easily do it, but the elephant chose to stay there because when it was young, the rope could hold it to the post. So as the unbounded spirit says, when they grow up, they are conditioned to believe they cannot break away. They believe the rope can still hold them, so they never try to break free, end quote. This is crazy. The elephant's system of beliefs didn't include the idea of freedom. So as an adult, those beliefs are what kept him bound to the post even when he was more than capable. James Clear says, it's hard to change your habits if you never change the underlying beliefs that led to your past behavior. You have a new goal and a new plan, but you haven't changed who you are, end quote. 
What's the story you tell yourself? What's the identity you've created for yourself, whether that's consciously or unconsciously? Take a look at your actions and go beneath their surface to see what core beliefs you hold. If you don't like what you see, then start to focus on who you do want to become. Allow your actions to align with that new vision. Clear writes, your behaviors are usually a reflection of your identity. What you do is a sign of the type of person you believe that you are, either consciously or non-consciously. Research has shown that once a person believes in a particular aspect of their identity, they are more likely to act in alignment with that belief, end quote. He continued to say that the goal is not to read a book. The goal is to become a reader. The goal is not to learn an instrument. The goal is to become a musician, end quote. The good news, this isn't the type of situation where every single action has to be aligned with your identity in order for it to work. You just need a majority of your actions to line up with the person you want to become. So if you mess up a few times and go back to an unproductive habit or a bad one, don't worry. You only need the majority of your actions to vote for the person that you ultimately want to become. So where do you start? I would start with deciding who you want to be. Who do you wish to become? What do you want to stand for? If you have trouble answering this question, think of the results that you want and then work inward from there. Whether it's to learn a new skill, to write a book, or have a certain amount of money, what kind of person would it take to accomplish those things? And then work from there. Every morning, I write down 10 results that I envision as already being done. So 10 things that in my spirit, in my energy, are already created, are already done. And after preparing for this episode, what I've started doing is every time I write down one of those things, I ask myself, what kind of person would be the person that could have this thing or achieve this thing. And it really just lit a fire within me because I started getting inspired to do things and to be a certain way that I wouldn't have thought otherwise. So it's a really powerful practice. I really suggest you try it and then let me know how it goes. And then the second thing that I would recommend is begin taking small steps to reinforce your desired identity. So don't feel like, oh my gosh, I have to think of who I want to be and then it has to be a black and white dramatic big change overnight. No, just start small, start something little, and then continually stretch your boundary and your um, ability to have more stamina. The small daily steps are more powerful than you think, and they're easier to digest as well. So start there. All right, so the next thing we want to talk about with habits is to create systems, not goals. Clear made a powerful point when he said, you do not rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems, end quote. Most of us learned it's best to be clear about our goals and create actionable steps to achieve them. That's not a bad thing. Those are good practices and disciplines to have. For me, I'd brainstorm the big picture, make a lengthy list, and then talk over my plans with a friend. I used to feel like I got a lot done. But the next day, I'd find myself waking up later than I planned. I felt less motivated than the day before. Then I'd fall back into the same pattern. So what happened? Having goals aren't what sets us apart or gets us closer to our dream reality. Think about it. Clear writes that every candidate wants to get the job. And if successful and unsuccessful people share the same goals, then the goal cannot be what differentiates the winners from the losers. End quote. That's because when you're being challenged, you always fall to the level of your systems, not your goals. 
So even though I had created goals and brainstormed the big picture, the reason why I didn't follow through with them is because my systems weren't there to meet the goal because it didn't matter what my goals were. If my system sucked and I wasn't disciplined, then it didn't matter. So what are your systems? Your systems are the habits, which means the way you handle situations. Mine were non-existent at that time. Even though I felt motivated to tackle some goals, I didn't have the right systems to achieve them. No morning routine, no workout routine, no time management system. I was dead in the water. So what do your systems look like? How do you start each day? What do you do to make sure you're moving the needle forward? How do you set yourself up to effortlessly improve 1% each day? That's literally all you need is 1% improvement each day, which is probably even less than you're imagining right now. To achieve results, you really have to be consistent, focused, intentional, process-oriented, day in and day out. Your systems help you to be that person that brings the results you want as a byproduct. Writing things down on paper and talking about them isn't progress. That's busy work, and I've been down that road many times. Also, when you're goal-obsessed, you aren't as open to other opportunities that might work better or give you more joy. But when you fall in love with the process, you're open to finding joy now because you're not attached to one specific outcome. You can be happy now instead of later. The good news is your systems don't have to be complicated or long-winded. Small, simple habits done daily are the key to changing your course. For me, a morning routine is what started everything. It was my 1% improvement that snowballed into this big effect in my life, and now I get so much done, it's unreal. I have people and friends tell me all the time they can't even understand why or how I can get so many things done, and it's because I have processes. And once I made those systems a habit, it's like clockwork. Even when I'm feeling depressed or down or unmotivated, my body, it compels me to keep going because the habits are so physically ingrained that I'm like two different people at one time, but I get stuff done. And I know you can too. So another key thing about habits is to start really small. What's the one habit you can start right away that costs $0 and will change your life? I will tell you, my friend, a morning routine. A morning routine is a regular practice that's not only small and easy to do, but is also a source of incredible power. If you haven't read my article on creating your own morning routine yet, make sure to download my free morning routine guide that gives you step-by-step guidance on how to create your own. The link is in the show notes. I have had so many people say their lives have changed because they downloaded this guide and started their morning routine and it's done everything for them just like it has for me. So make sure you download it. This will change your life and it's the easiest way to start creating good habits in your life. Think about it. James Clear talks about the power of tiny gains, that if you can get 1% better each day for one year, you'll end up 37 times better by the time you're done. Conversely, if you get 1% worse each day for one year, you'll decline nearly down to zero. If you want to see the visual of the power of tiny gains, that will be in the show notes, so make sure you look at the link there to the blog and you can see all of these visuals. All right, I'm going back to the morning routine because it changed my life. This literally is the small habit that if you were to ask me for one habit that you could do right now, this is absolutely the one. And you could tell I'm just so excited about it because it really changes everything. So I was living abroad in Switzerland for three years. 
a dream, right? Yet I used to wake up most days bleary-eyed at 11 a.m. and not move from bed for an hour and felt sad. Sad that life seemed aimless and all I wanted to do was watch Gossip Girl all day. One day I decided I was never waking up again without a purpose. It just doesn't feel good. So I text a few friends about their morning routines and started there. I created a makeshift routine and committed to two weeks. During those two weeks, I'd tweak what worked or didn't work. By the end of those two weeks, I noticed a momentum started growing. Episode 13 will be all about morning routines, so make sure you subscribe now so you don't miss it. As Nicholas Gookie says, tiny habits quickly compound once you chain them together. A morning routine is a grouping of small habits that when done in succession every day, compound. They energetically build on top of one another, creating momentum in your life. This is where you start to gain confidence in yourself, which then inspires you to take even bigger action. But now, more on the compounding effects of habits. Have you heard of the airplane analogy before? If a plane's destination coordinates are a degree or two off, it could end up on a completely different continent than intended. Pilots have to stay diligent during the whole flight to make sure they course correct the plane throughout the journey. Our habits have the same small but powerful impact on the ultimate destination of our lives. And sometimes it feels like we do these habits and nothing is happening, that our lives feel stuck in the same rut, but I promise that's not the case. In Atomic Habits, Obviously, you need to get this book because it's amazing. Claire asks us to think of a moment an ice cube begins to melt. Stick with me here. Until the temperature hits 32 degrees, it won't melt. Even at 31 degrees, nothing will happen. But as soon as it's 32 degrees, the ice starts to melt. This is how it is with habits. We have a moment where we plateau and nothing happens for the longest time. But once we compound enough momentum, eventually we hit 32 degrees. I have air quotes there. And things start to shift. This is what people often call an overnight success. It's the moment things blow up and other people start to notice. Yet what others didn't see were the habits that built the momentum years before. Habits which did nothing until this very moment. And again, you can see a diagram of this. It's called the plateau of latent potential. And that will be in the show notes on the blog. So don't get discouraged. Habits take months, sometimes years, until you start to see explosive growth. Progress isn't linear, and most of the time it isn't quick. But your work won't be wasted. It's being stored for the moment when you're ready to shoot up to that next level. And I think the most important thing to remember with your habits is to mind your mindset. Ryan Holiday says, we think the future is something that happens rather than something we make. End quote. Truer words could not be spoken. The future is not something that happens. It's something we make. So I hope this episode inspired you to think about and see how these principles work or don't work in your life. And remember, one, own the identity you want to have and create the systems and habits that match the identity. And two, until you change your underlying beliefs or identity and focus on the systems in your life, nothing else you read about habits will have a lasting impact. Ryan Holiday said it perfectly when he said, we have to choose to make every moment a moment of a lifetime. We have to decide to be present to make the most of whatever is in front of us. Now it's time for an affirmation. I am the creator of my future. 
My mind and body tunes into my deepest self and allows my habits and actions to support that vision. What part of today's episode resonated the most with you? Please share a screenshot with your biggest takeaway on Instagram and tag at findyourgoodspace. And if you're ready to start a morning routine to get that habit momentum going, make sure to download your free guide in the show notes. And if you want to see the images that I talked about throughout the episode, go to the show notes on the blog and you can see them there, as well as links to the books and extra resources. See you soon.